to do that. Speaking of that kind of stuff, when your mind just is overwhelmed and cluttered with all kinds of stuff, don't you just totally love when a certain song gets stuck in your head? Uh, when a certain tune or a jingle or a melody gets stuck there, you know, they actually have a word for that. It's called an earworm. Yeah. An earworm, but that's when a tune or a jingle gets in your head and no matter what you do, you can't get it out. It literally is like on repeat mode all day long that's silly. Sometimes it's a, it's, it's a song that you heard someone else singing and you hear them in the workplace or in the grocery store singing it and like a virus, it gets attached to you. And for the rest of the day, you're singing that same song. Now, I don't know how your mind works, but my mind picks the weirdest songs ever. When you can drive a truck, you got a job, my friend. Call a dial diesel, drive in academy. They'll teach you all you need to know. Dial 1-800-551-8900. I get those kind of songs stuck in my head all the time. And I'm like, well, what in the world? If it's not that one, it's, I have a fixed annuity and I need cash now. <laughs> J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW, 877-CASH-NOW. Hey, you can pay me for that sponsorship. <laughs> but it, I, I don't get normal songs in my head. I get weird stuff. I'm like, where did I even hear that? I haven't heard that Diesel Driving Academy song since way back in the 80s and 90s. But, man, it's an earworm. It'll get stuck in there and be there forever. That phone number, I've even dialed it a couple of times. I'm like, I gotta call that, you know? It just, it gets there. And actually there's a scientific word for when a tune gets stuck in your head, involuntary musical imagery. Involuntary musical imagery. You didn't put it there, you didn't get it there, but somehow it's stuck on repeat mode. And it's, it's so similar to the lies of the enemy the lies of the enemy, sometimes you overhear them from people. Sometimes you hear a lie from the enemy through a friend or a family member. And those lies of the enemy get stuck in your head and they're on repeat mode. You'll never be good enough. You don't deserve that. You're, you'll, you'll never be good enough. You'll never measure up. And over and over, the lies of the enemy get repeated and you can't get it out of your mind. You know, the only thing you can do to get that out of your mind is to replace that lie with the truth. It's the same with the song. When you get that song stuck in your head and it will not go away and it won't leave you alone, get a new tune. Get a new tune, a new song. That is the only way, as, as advanced as the mind is, the central processing unit of your brain is bigger and better and more sophisticated than any computer on the face of the earth. The mind is a fascinating thing and the control that it has subconsciously and unconsciously over your organs, over your blood, over all of your body is absolutely mind-boggling how amazing that brain processes things and does things. But listen to me, as amazing as it is, and as much as God, our creator, put into your mind, did you know that the mind is incapable of holding two opposite thoughts at the exact same time? It cannot have a lie from the enemy and the truth of God at the same time. 
So when you get that annoying tune stuck in your head, the only thing you can do is replace it with another song. When you get the lies of the enemy stuck in your mind on repeat mode over and over and over, you have to have the truth of God. How are you going to have the truth of God if you don't have the word of God in your mind and in your heart? See, some of you aren't real good at replacing negative thoughts with positive thoughts because you don't have a lot of positive thoughts because you don't have a lot of time in the Word of God. The world, the world has influenced you and beat you up, and you've heard the lies of the world. You've been influenced by the things of the world. You've heard the lies of the enemy. It's stuck on repeat mode over and over and over. But God as your creator knows that the mind cannot hold two opposite thoughts at the exact same time. And so that's why he gives us a template for how to do this in Philippians chapter 4. So if you have your copy of God's Word today, open it to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to read the entire context there just so you understand it and apply it. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 6 and going all the way through 9. Philippians 4. It's in the New Testament towards the back. 6 through 9. When you found it, would you stand in honor and reverence of the reading of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, and infallible word? This is what it says in Philippians 4, beginning at verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Somebody needed to hear that today. You came in here with a lot of anxiety. You had a week and a half last week. Carrying a lot of burdens and a lot of stress. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Not the negative, not the lies, not the world's influence and darkness over you, but no, think on these things. And then verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Let us pray. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, many people came in here with a lot of anxiety and a lot of burdens on their shoulders, and for too long, perhaps, they've been thinking and they've heard the lies of the enemy all over them. And those lies just get on repeat mode and they get stuck there. And there's somebody here today that needs to break out of that bondage and get away from the lies of the enemy and be surrounded by the truth of God and the truth of God's word. And so, Father, speak to our hearts today. Help us to apply this because I know that this can be life-changing for someone in here today that has got that annoying song stuck there and the lies of the enemy. And if they will take on a new tune, a new song, a truth, 
I mean, it could make all the difference in their attitude and in the direction that they go. We praise you and we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Hide me behind that old rugged cross. Be glorified in all that's done and said. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It's amazing to me that God, our creator, maker of our mind and the maker of, of our thoughts, knows how we can get overwhelmed by those lies of the enemy and by the worldly influence that's upon us. And God knows that, and so he's given us his truth. He's given us his words. He's given us encouragement. He's given us revelation. He's given us all the practical things that we need for our daily lives right here in his word. And yet, we neglect it. If we were to all be honest and transparent before one another today, we'd say, Brother Chad, I don't read this enough. I don't get this word in me enough. And it's no wonder the world has you beaten up. It's no wonder you're bruised and battered from the negativity and the criticism of the world. You are beaten down because you're not using this to be built up. The world has a great influence on us and the negativity of the world. But the, the Bible, and, and specifically Paul, says here to think on these things. Go back and look at what he said. He said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these. Meditate on these. Dwell on these. And yet, we dwell in the negative. We dwell in the darkness. We dwell in, 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 in the danger zone. And God said, no, no, no. Think on these things because that mind cannot contain two opposite thoughts at the exact same time. He's given us what we're to be thinking about, and yet you're listening to the lies. You're listening to the lies of the enemy. You're listening to what the world says about you. You're under the sway of the world. You're under the influence of the world. And God said, no, think on these. Think on these things. Some of you are so immersed and so soaked in the world that the word of God has no room in your life. I want you to think about the analogy of a sponge. We've all used a sponge. Hopefully, you've washed a dish or two or washed a car. So a sponge, when it gets fully saturated and soaked, it can't take any more. And you and I allow our brain, which is a sponge, to soak up all the negative, to soak up all the lies, to soak up all the darkness. And our brain, like that sponge, is so full of the things of the world, there is no room for God. So what do you have to do to that sponge? You wring that sponge out. You wring that sponge out to make room. Some of us need to wring out the, the, the sponge of our brain and get rid of some of the filth, get rid of some of the lies, get rid of some of the negativity so that there is room for the Word of God to soak up, so that there is room for the truth and the encouragement of Scripture. I'm telling you, I, I know that for me, I've told you all this before, but how I start my day it's like a setup for everything. How I start my day, if, if, I don't, if I don't start it with my quiet time, if I don't uh, 
do some kind of devotional, if I don't make sure that radio's on Caleb when I get into it, something positive, something encouraging, I'm telling you how I set up my day makes all the difference. You can set it up for failure or you can set it up for success. And I know y'all heard this before and it's an old cliche and it gets overused, but if you don't have a plan to succeed, then plan to fail. If you don't have a plan in place, hey, this is how I'm going to structure my day, this is how I'm going to start my day, this is how I'm going to make sure I start it on the right foot. If people are repeatedly saying to you, you sure got out of the bed on the wrong side this morning, or if someone mentioned something about somebody doing something weird in your Wheaties, then maybe you need to listen to that. Maybe there's a reason they're picking up on that vibe that you're putting out. And it could be because you're not setting up your day in a proper way to think on these things. Think on these things. Where we're dwelling and what we're meditating on and what we're thinking about, if you were to evaluate, you would see how much lies, how much negativity that you're under the influence of. If there was some way that we could measure the amount of negative thoughts versus positive thoughts, I guarantee you most people in this room have an overwhelming majority of negative thoughts. And that's sad, isn't it? Because we who call ourselves the children of God should have more positive to think about, more positive to dwell on. You've got to wring out that sponge. And when you wring out that sponge of all the filth and all the darkness and all the negative and all the lies, then it has room. And then the peace of God, which the Bible says surpasses all understanding, the peace of God will surround you. It's amazing. We're supposed to dwell there and not in the land of lies and the land of lust and the land of loneliness. Most Christians are living down at the end of Lonely Street. Heartbreak Hotel. And yet God has said, Heartbreak Hotel is not for you. The promised land is. So then let me ask you this. Why do we who call ourselves children of God, Christians, churchgoers, why do we struggle with all of these lies and all this negativity in the world? Well, it all goes back to the beginning. You see, since the fall of Adam and Eve, and also since the fall of Lucifer, Lucifer was cast out of heaven. And it tells you in the Bible where he was cast down to. So see, if I were to ask the majority of you or those on Facebook, where's the devil right now? People would say, hell. And that is an incorrect statement. Your theology needs to get fixed just a little bit. I'm going to tweak it for you just a little bit. Let me tell you where the devil is now. He's here. His sentence is hell. But he has not yet started serving that sentence in hell. He is in this earth. He has sway. He has influence. In fact, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures that will confirm this. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. Listen to what Paul said to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And he, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, according to the course of this world. 
The course of this world, the path of this world, the, the, the game of this world is set up to fail. It is set up to fail. And look at what it says. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Right in God's word. The devil is the prince of the power of the air. Think about the things that influence you that are over the air, over the airwaves, radio, television, satellite, internet. In fact, one of the names that we used to use for the internet was the web. How does a spider catch its prey? It is web. And you get stuck in that stickiness of the web, and you are the spider's lunch, breakfast, dinner, and dessert. He caught you in the web. Think about all the things that are in the airwaves that are negative, that have such a pull on people, such an influence on people. Television, radio, all of that is in the airwaves. And who is the prince of the power of the air? The devil. He has sway. He has influence over this world. Now, if that's not confirmation enough, go to 1 John. Not John, but 1 John. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19. 1 John 5 and verse 19. We know that we, talking about the church, talking about the children of God, we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world, Brother Chad? That's what it says in God's Word. That's what it says in 1 John 5. The whole world is under the sway, the influence of the enemy, the adversary, the father of all lies. And you see, you've allowed your mind and your heart to absorb the negative, to absorb the influence of the world. You know, we sang that song this morning, This World Is Not My Home. For some of you, it is. You're comfortable. You like this world. And I'm just going to tell you, that is a sign, here is your sign, that's a sign that you may not be of God. If you actually are comfortable in this world and love this world, and you don't have a feeling every once in a while that you are like an alien living in a strange planet, <laughs> if, you don't, if you always feel at home and if you always feel that, you know, this, the, in fact, we met a guy this, uh, this week at Fort Walton Beach. Derek was his name. And I'll never forget this quote. This was, he, and it's not his quote. He was quoting somebody else. But he shared it with us on the beach. We had a great, a uh, lot of opportunities to witness to people and to plant seeds. But Derek actually ministered to us. And this is what Derek said. He said, have you ever thought about this? He said, for lost people, people that do not know Jesus Christ, for lost people, this right here is the closest they'll ever get to heaven. Now look, we were on the beach, white sand beach, with the ocean and the way. I mentioned it. The smell of salt air and coconut oil. He said, for a lost person, this world right here is the closest they'll ever get to heaven. But for a Christian, this world right here is the closest you'll ever get to hell. Mm. Now, if you'd seen this guy, 
Okay, picture Brother Brian, long beard, long hair, and a speedo. And if I'm rocking the dad bod, this guy. why we say you cannot judge a book by its cover. Who would have thunk that a long-haired, long-bearded guy and a tiny little speedo with a big old belly would have said something so spiritual and so profound? For a Christian, this right here, this world, is the closest you'll get to hell. When Lucifer was cast out of heaven, Rebellion, by the way, because some of you may be wondering, how did he get cast out of heaven? Lucifer was in heaven. He was an angel. And he was cast down because of rebellion and pride. He said, I will be like God. And he led a rebellion. He led a rebellion. And a third of the angels, a third of the angels were cast out with him. And when he's cast down, the first place we find him in Genesis is he takes the role of a serpent, the deceiver. And from that day, he's been deceiving you and me. He's been deceiving people. And he's been telling lies. He's saying, oh, that's not what God says. That's not what God wants. That's not what God meant. And so for years, that's been his role. He has sway over this world, but he does not have to have sway over you. You do not have to be under the influence of the enemy if you will get immersed and soak up the truth, the encouragement and the good news. I'm sick of bad news. I'm sick of negativity. How many times can one man get COVID? Lord have mercy. Within a week. I'm sick of the negativity. I'm sick of the, of the bad news. I have to turn to this to have any kind of encouragement, any kind of hope, any kind of good news, it's here. It's right here. Think of all of the influences that you're around. And you could be influencing those people in a positive way, or you could be influencing those people in a negative way. Those people can be influencing you in a positive way, or they could be influencing you in a negative way. No wonder we are so weighed down and so anxious when our mind is so filled with junk. As we close, I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. Because some of you still doubt the power of thought. Some of you still question or wonder how much really there is to this thing about positive thoughts. Well, the Bible declared it long before Norman Vincent Peale ever said a word about positive thinking. Now, I'm a fan of Norman Vincent Peale. Don't take this the wrong way. But long before Norman Vincent Peale talked about the power of positive thinking, the Bible declared it. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. <clears throat> For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. The Greek 
philosophers had something similar to this. They said, as a man thinketh, that is what he is. As a man thinketh, that is what he is. It's right there in the Bible. So I'm going to ask you today to really consider what you've been thinking about. Where have you been dwelling? Where have you pitched your tent? In the land of loneliness, lust, are you at the end of Lonely Street? Or are you in the promised land? Thinking about the promises of God. Thinking about the salvation, the grace, the forgiveness, the mercy. Thinking about the positive and the encouraging things that God has told you in his word to think on these things. For too long, we've spent too much time in the negative. For too long, we've been dwelling and we've gotten that old, silly, silly song stuck in our head. Replace it with a new tune. Replace it with a new song. Replace the lies with the truth of God. Be set free. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, during this part of the service that we call the invitation, I'm asking God that you would help those that are really struggling with their thoughts, really overwhelmed with anxiety, really beaten up by the world, listening to the lies of the enemy. Help them today to realize it, recognize it, and do something about it. Get out of that, that, that heartbreak hotel. Get away from the end of Lonely Street and walk into the promised land. Get, a, get into the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to get into you. I pray that people would respond. If there's someone here that needs to Confess Jesus as Lord and Savior and be set free. If there's someone here that is thinking about baptism, if there's someone looking for a church to get plugged into, move their letter or their membership here, this altar will be open. You can pray right there from your seat. You can come down and talk to me or Brother Larry. God, have your way in this invitation. Deal with the hearts in here that are struggling hearts in here that are really overwhelmed show them your healing show them your deliverance in jesus name amen would you stand